You are listening to an ounce. Season 3, Episode 40, Heavenly Help, from Neighbors. You are listening to an ounce, a podcast providing inspiration, ideas, and wisdom through engaging stories, commentary, and interviews so you can live life better. Jim Fugate here, and it's my privilege to share an ounce with you. With this episode, we've got an interview with a fine gentleman by the name of Rod Allen. Rod, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. So, who are you, Rod? I'm an Eastern-born and raised man from New York, educated in Utah, and living in California for a number of years as a professional banker, and now retired with my sweet wife. Do you have any grandkids? Let's see, how many? Uh, I think eight. <laughs> you think eight? And one great-grandchild. There you go. Well, you have a story to share with us. Yes, I do. This was in the third year of our marriage, and we were anxious to have children. And it wasn't easy for my wife to conceive, but she did. And we had a sweet, blonde-headed little boy. His name was uh, Lance Christian Allen. And we adored him, had great times with him, but in his year, when he was a year and a half roughly, he contracted spinal meningitis. Oh, that's scary. A year and a half old child with a serious disease like that. It sure was. And we talked to our pediatrician and he ran some tests on him in the local hospital for about a week and put some ampicillin in a, uh, in his head in a tube and he wasn't getting better. And so on a Sunday, I was away at a church meeting, and my wife called me and said, uh, our little boy has spinal meningitis, and we have to take him to County General Hospital in in Los Angeles. And uh, it was was tough to hear because he's so precious, our only child, and just the beginning of life. And yet he has this serious illness that... Yeah, I think that would, especially for young parents, be what fear could be greater than this precious little son that you waited for and dreamed for, and now he's here, and now his life is in the balance. Yeah, absolutely. So we took him to Connie General, and uh, Dr. Matheny, who was an internist there, examined him, took him down the hall, and we could Bobby could hear him screaming, uh, please, doctor, no more. Uh, oh. At a year and a half. Oh, torture. Yeah. And he was crying, and we were not seeing him or not experiencing what he was going through. But when we got down to his room, um, he had a needle in his head on one side, shaved, and please, said, please, doctor, no more. And so we were anxious about that, that he was being hurt. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my wife carrying him for nine months was probably even more disturbed than I was at the time because of the closeness between mother and son. Sure. And so uh, he told us that he had spinal meningitis and that he'd have to be in an isolated area. I could only see him by going around the outside of the building. And a couple of things happened that were interesting. Uh, First of all, like most people, we, we prayed for him as a number of people did in our church, and he wasn't getting better. Mm. And we came home one day, and we said, well, 
you know, if Heavenly Father needs some more than we do, then we have to accept that. Now, that's a hard realization to be making and a hard place to come to where you're so concerned about the possibility of losing your son that you're having to start telling yourself, as hard as it may be to accept, because we don't understand this life all that well, maybe the Lord needs him more. And if he does, to have the kind of faith to be able to say, if that's what the Lord wants, then we don't like it, but we'll accept it. Well, that's kind of where we were. We talked about it, and I said, sweetheart, I, he may not get better because he may have another mission in life, and we may not be there to help realize that mission. So we knelt at the foot of our bed and labored for probably a half hour, each of us saying a prayer. When we got up, we felt good about it. If he needs to go, he needs to go, and we can't interfere with whatever God wants out of this. And so we finalized our prayer and went to sleep, slept well that night. And then we started going back to the hospital uh, because he's in isolation and we could only see him from the outside. And that's an interesting thing. It's something that a lot of people can relate to when they've had a loved ones recently with COVID that they couldn't come close to, that they couldn't go and see. And you're, you're watching him fight for his life through the glass. There's no parent that wants to be looking at that situation. That's hard. And that takes a lot of faith. But I guess, how else are you going to find peace? So, 18-month-old child, you're separated by glass. You've had this serious conversation with the Lord. What happens next? Well, we move forward, questioning what's going to happen. And as we looked through the window of him each day, we saw some deterioration in his condition. And the doctor said, well, he's going to live or die. And if he lives, there'll be substantial um, loss of memory and intelligence, and he may not hear. So those were the consequences of what he had. And so we thought about that, and that was difficult to deal with. It would have been easier for him to say that, well, he's going to pass away. Because having a a son who's debilitated uh, would be a a heavy burden to, to carry. That's a challenge, especially in those times that you were raising him. It was especially difficult, even more so. I mean, it's not easy today, but even more so then, it was a real burden. And what we found is we found great strength in the people around us. You know, I think it was Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. And even today, it takes more people than one or two to raise a child. You know, he was going to go and have his experiences in life, as we all do. And to see him lose that opportunity to grow and mature through his trials was uh, was difficult for us. Sure. But we learned some interesting things. Uh, at a year and a half, kids are pretty observant. Yes. Yeah. And one day I went to the hospital, and the nurse dropped a urinal. <laughs> and oh my. it splattered all over the floor. Oh, my. And she made an exclamation, oh, crap. And just like a precocious little child, he picked it up because he said it with emphasis. Mm-hmm. And so the next week we're in church, and my wife had some Cheerios for the for him to keep him active, and he spilled them in the middle of the meeting. He says, oh, crap. <laughs> so... Um, so he's he's half conscious laying in a hospital bed and he's picked up something you don't think he even heard. That's right. <laughs> Boy, there's 
If nothing else, there's a lesson, right? Be careful what you say around your children because they will repeat it. But I'm hearing something very hopeful. A week later, you were at a church meeting with your son. Exactly. We were overjoyed. We didn't know what the consequences of the of the disease was going to be, but he has matured over the years and been very, very blessed to, to have him as our child. What would you say is the ounce from all of this? We tell that story because it points out the fact that, again, it takes a village, it takes other people to raise your child, not just you. Mm-hmm. And so we've had close relations with a lot of people who have helped us manage our life uh, with more concern about others as well as ourselves. And we've reached out to other people to help them with their trials and struggles. What a beautiful story to recognize that we don't bear our burdens alone, and we shouldn't have to in this life, that there are people there who will support us. And all of these influences go not unnoticed by the child. They also go to better the child. And that from that experience, you want more to reach out and help people, not just stand on your own, but to reach out and help others because of how you were helped, how you were loved. Yeah, I don't think that was an immediate reaction to that because I'm a very private person. And I like to face my own trials. And I thought I could get through this trial on my own, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I needed the help of others to understand and to uh, understand that things might not work out all right. I didn't enjoy it, but I was willing to face that uh, possibility. And he's matured into a wonderful young man, good leader of young people. And he does the same thing. He shares his life with others. Rod Allen, that was an amazing story. What a wonderful thing to know that miracles can't happen. If nothing else, we have that in our lives. Uh, But you were ready to accept whatever the Lord gave. And learning a lesson from those who bore the burdens with you. What What a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Been a pleasure. And that's it. An ounce submitted for your consideration. Thank you for listening, subscribing to, and sharing an ounce. I'm Jim Fugate, and I'll catch you next time. Hey, check out our YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash at an ounce podcast. That's youtube.com forward slash at symbol an ounce podcast.